Is Jesus really God? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hero of the Story presented by The Gospel Project. joining us for today's episode of the Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you focus on the gospel in every area of your life and ministry. I'm Brian DeBozik, and with me, as always, is Aaron Armstrong. Aaron, is Jesus really God? There's your softball question. Let's answer it, and then let's dive into it. Yes. Yes, he is. Yes, podcast he is. over. Podcast over. Have a great day. You know, it's funny that we will <laughs> think on these. We, we actually do think about these questions. It may not seem like it sometimes. This one, you may say, did you really think about it? We did a little bit, but we think on these, but sometimes it's like, all right, it is, it is what it is. We're talking about Jesus' deity. It is what it is. Yes. Yes. And, and just because the question is such a softball starting point, that doesn't mean that there's not something pretty profound here, because what we know about Jesus is that his, his nature his existence is has some profound mysteries yes within so, it because yeah. because we know that Jesus is God and Jesus is human which we'll talk about as well in a different Correct. episode yes both of those things are true simultaneously while being while um while his natures are distinct from one another and so these are the things that we'll get into as we read our read our introductory description as well. So, so. Yeah, go ahead and, and read uh, the essential doctrine on Jesus's deity, and, and then we'll treat it as we always do. Sounds good. And just as a reminder for our listeners, before we get into this, there should be a video that uh, that you can watch of this as well. Um, that is uh, an explanation of this that uh that should be fun and helpful for you so um within the within the person of jesus christ there are two natures the divine nature and the human nature the scripture teaches that jesus is fully divine and fully human his divinity is on display in passages that describe him as being equal with god and the new testament also points to the deity of christ by showing his that he possesses attributes that God alone possesses, how he performs works that only God performs, and how he claims, how he himself claims to be the son of God. So that's a lot, all of which basically just says that this doctrine is about Jesus being fully God because scripture says so. Yeah. Now that that word fully is important. Uh, some it people, is. you know, editing, we would say we want to avoid words like that, unnecessary adjectives or adverbs. Anytime you have a word ending in Y like that, you always kind of say, wait a minute, do you really need that? Can't you just say Jesus is God? But fully in this context, as we're going to talk about in a minute, is really helpful uh, as we're going to talk about. So so let's keep that in mind as, as we look at some passages, and then we'll come back to why am I harping on fully? So where right. do we see this in Scripture? We in, in the essential doctrine, it lists several things, uh, the attributes, his works, his claims. So where, where are a couple of places we see this brought to bear in the, in the Scriptures? Right. Well, one of the, fir- one of the biggest ones that we see 
is in John chapter 1. And really, it's it's actually kind of the whole chapter scattered throughout. But, um, but I mean, you just think about the beginning of this, for example. Um, verses 1 through 5 start, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. By the way, that is an incredible tongue twister. Yes, it is. Um, (laughs) In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. Um, and so, it, so John goes on, and ultimately, as he goes through through this, he identifies Jesus as being this Word who was with God and was God in this chapter, even as he is uh, describing, um, like weaving in the 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 narrative of John the Baptist's birth and his ministry, all in about like eighteen verses. So. So that's just one of the places that we see it. Um, another is in Philippians, uh, Philippians 2, 5 through 11, which talks about how Jesus, though being equal with God, um, humbled himself and took on the took on human form. And, um, you know, and, you know, and, and so that's 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 a pretty incredible passage. Hebrews, Hebrews 1, uh, one through three talks about how God has revealed himself in these, you know, in these different ways at different times. But now in these, you know, in these final days, he has revealed himself through his son, who is the radiance of the glory in God and the exact expression of his nature. Um, Those are, those are some of the key passages that we see this, but of course there are others. Um, you know, like Colossians 1, 15 through 20, which reminds us that uh, like John does, that Jesus is the creator of all things. Um, and then there are also the many other places where Jesus identifies himself as God. Exactly. And this is, you know, as, as the essential doctrine said, his miracles, he does works that only God can do, his claims, it runs throughout scripture. So this is yet another essential doctrine where, the question of where do we see this is loaded because it would be interesting where do we not see this it's so yeah. prevalent so let's move ahead to the cautions that we can kind of see and understand this doctrine and and this will bring me back to my harping on the word fully because what we have to understand here is that jesus is not just partly god he's not half god and half human um, sometimes people try to illustrate this uh this uh, profound mystery of you, if you will, of understanding Jesus being God and man at the same time. And they'll draw like a circle and draw a line down the middle and they'll put human on one side and God. Well, no, that's incorrect because that makes him subhuman and sub God. He's not fully God. He's sub God. He's not fully human. He's subhuman. We know that is not correct. Um, he is neither sub-God, nor is he superhuman. He's not a mixture of those two. He, he's not a uh, God-infused human, per, you know, humanoid or whatever. He is fully God and fully human, again, as we'll talk about in future episodes. So we have to protect his divinity here. 99% God is not enough. 100%. So mm-hmm. that's the first thing. As we're understanding this understanding how he is completely God 
he takes on the humanity without diminishing his divinity. To that point of you know fully being important, um, the part of the reason that that modern um, you know modern confessions of faith, modern statements of faith, all these kinds of things um, that they emphasize words like fully God. The reason for that is is because this has been one of the the great debates and and questions throughout all of church history. Basically, from the time that people started to believe in Jesus, they were trying to figure this out. They were like, okay, how does this work? What exactly is Jesus? We know he's a human, but how is he also God? And how do those two things relate to one another? And so ultimately, through many, many, many what are called ecumenical councils um, in the early, early church, so in like the first 500 years or so of the Christian faith, um, what was happening in all of these is they were they were solidifying and codifying the essential truths of the faith. So the fundamentals of the fundamentals. And Jesus's nature is one of the ones that came up again and again and again and again. And so, um, you know, my favorite Christmas story, of course, involves one of these councils where legend has it that St. Nicholas, uh, Santa Claus himself, was in attendance <laughs> at one of these. And he had, uh, and he is said to have slapped a heretic right in the face um, for his views on Jesus. One of the, uh, this was the Council of Nicaea, where the debate was, it what is Jesus eternally divine or is he a created being? And so the, the people who were correct were, were on the side of Santa Claus. The people who were not were on the side of a man named Arius. You know, I, um, I thought your favorite Christmas song was Christmas Shoes, but I guess I've been mistaken on that one. You have been very mistaken, my friend. Um, so, but when it comes to Jesus's nature as being both fully, fully divine and fully human, that was that was more or less codified at the Council of Chalcedon. So here's what that creed says about Jesus um, specifically. We then, following the the Holy Fathers, all all with one consent, teach people to confess one and the same son, our Lord Jesus Christ, the same uh, perfect in Godhead and also perfect in manhood, truly God and truly man of a reason, reasonable, that means rational soul and body. Um, uh, this is an interesting word. Um, so don't, so we'll explain this in a second. Uh, consubstantial meaning co-essential with the father, according to the Godhead and consubstantial with us, according to the manhood. So co, so co-essential in both in all things lo- like unto us, but without sin begotten before all ages of the father, according to the Godhead. And in these later days for us and for our salvation, born of the Virgin Mary, according to the manhood, um, one and the same Christ, Son, Lord, only begotten, to be acknowledged in two natures, inconfusedly, unchangeably, indivisibly, 
inseparably. The distinction of natures being by no means taken away from uh, by the union, but rather the property of each nature being preserved and concurring in one person and one subsistence, not parted or divided into two persons, but one and the same, Son and only begotten God, the Word, the Lord Jesus Christ, as the prophets from the beginning have declared concerning him, and the Lord Jesus Christ himself has taught us, and the creed of the Holy Fathers has handed down to us. That is how precise they had to get well, they, through all of these debates. Yeah, they actually were arguing over one letter at yeah. one point. Not not like a written letter, but one little letter um, that made the difference between the Greek words for similar and same. Is Jesus of the similar substance of the Father or the same substance? And so they, I mean, they really hammered out these things. And it, it, this is a, a helpful reminder, or maybe for some people listening, the first time they're really tracking with this, you know, we take it for granted that we can right now, I'm looking on my, my desk right now, and I see a systematic theology book right here and, and so forth, the Harmony of the Gospels, a study Bible. We have so many resources that are, are based on the scholarship of generation upon generation of believers who have wrestled with these things. And we're still growing and learning, of course, and nobody is perfect. Uh, this systematic theology I'm looking at could have mistakes in it. Um, but it is born off of generations of people wrestling with these things. And that early church had none of these. Mm -hmm. They were trying to make sense of what we still try to make sense of without the benefit of having scholarship that preceded this and, and so forth. So these councils were a way that they gathered together and say, hey, we've got to come to an understanding of, of how Jesus is fully God and fully human, what we can call the hypostatic union, in, at the same time. And what does that mean? Does that mean he is sub-God or superhuman, as I discussed? They hammered these things out and really advanced um, our understanding of these things. So we're, we need to be grateful for them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think that's one of the things that, um, you know, as we're thinking about really what difference this doctrine should make, um, I think that's actually something that it should do is it should create an, an additional appreciation for those who have come, come before us. And so the work that they did seeking to understand this, mining the scriptures, wrestling with it, working together and prayerfully coming to a consensus on it. You know, I joke about about uh, St. Nicholas laying the smackdown on Arius, <laughs> but there is a sense in which we we should be we need to be very very protective of these these truths. Be not be not out of fear that they might not be true, but because of um how much work has gone into those to to re, to recognize their truth well, and, and, and how yeah and their implications mm -hmm. so for example this one the one of the differences i would say is that this this doctrine affirms that we can trust that jesus was the perfect substitute for our sin because he was fully divine he was sinless had he just been a man he would not have been a perfect substitute he would have been a sinful man with a sin nature just like the rest of us so mm -hmm. if we talked about this quite a bit on our, on our doctrine episodes, if we take the legs out from under this one, of course, many others fall. And this one's a little bit easier to see, I think. I, I think it's yeah. not very challenging to understand why Jesus being God is important. 
Yeah. But it illustrates again why this one is worth fighting for, of course. This one is worth dividing over. We Mm -hmm. divide over many things in the church today that are not worth dividing over. This is one. Yeah, anything that is connected to the nature of God. Um, So, um, you know, a few years ago, there was a debate over popular expressions of the Trinity. And that debate has reared its ugly head once again. Um, (laughs) But that's one of those things that it's like, this connects to that doctrine. And so, because... If Jesus is not divine, is not fully divine, then the doctrine of the Trinity is also not true. Yes. And and that is really, really important for us to understand that you have to watch and look for how these things all connect together. And that helps and and that helps you see, okay, this is fundamental. I have to I have to divide with people over this. To your point, there are so many things that we like, honestly, I don't I I don't like purple. You're wearing a purple shirt right now. Um, but that doesn't mean that we're going to divide over that. So, and I'm always wearing a black shirt. So, you are, yeah. I mean, you just have to be okay with that. <laughs> yeah, we, we so. just accept that and, and move on. That's right. That's you know, right. So I, now, I think speak, speaking of moving on. So, speaking of moving on, um, you know, the other, the other difference, though, that this doctrine should make is that not only does it help us trust that Jesus was and is the perfect substitute for our sin and the perfect sacrifice for our sin because of his sinlessness, which is only possible if he is fully God and fully man, um, but we can also trust that he uh, was and is um, our living Savior and that we serve a living Savior. So Jesus is not dead in the ground anywhere. Jesus is alive right now. This is why it's really awkward to use past tense language with Jesus because there is no past tense aside from he aside from in the time and place moments that are recorded in scripture. Um Jesus um is the same yesterday, today and forever. And that is and that's just the reality. He doesn't change we serve the same Jesus that every Christian, every faithful believing Christian has served for generations. And that can give us all kinds of hope knowing that um, he is not going to change. He is alive. Our salvation is secure because of that. Good word to end on. So big ideas today. Jesus is God. And Arius was the first person on Santa Claus's naughty list. Absolutely. As long as we remember those two things, it's been a productive podcast episode. (laughs) So thank you so much for listening to today's episode of this podcast. If you have enjoyed the episode, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform we use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.